When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Leeds 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 podcast. I'm Joe Mewis and I'm joined once again by Baron Cross. Baron, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. We're making a habit of this. We are, we are. Sticking to a nice little little schedule here on a Monday. It's on New Year's resolution. It is indeed. And um, luckily for us, Leeds United have given us quite a lot to talk about this weekend, haven't they, Baron? It's been a long weekend. Yes. We're we're recording on the Monday after um, after the, the... The derby game, and um, yeah, it's been a hell of a long weekend. Lots to um, lots to get through, but it, of course, it does make That's for it. a juicy podcast as well. It does, yeah. We're sat here with our with our cups of coffee um, after putting in some serious hours this weekend. But um, yeah, never dull at Leeds United. Um, <laughs> one story. Uh, I think we're starting to get a little bit bored of it, but we'll mm. uh, we'll, we'll give it the final say we're today. We're at the end of the news cycle, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, is uh, is of course this Spygate controversy that's uh, that's rumbled on. So. Um, I mean, obviously, you'll you'll know what's happened listening. Um, Just to summarise it quickly. Yeah, yeah, definitely worth summarising. Thursday night, or Thursday afternoon, rather, a few pictures appear on Twitter, don't they? Yeah, nobody picked um, it up initially. From Derbyshire uh, Police. A man um, being questioned by police outside, uh, in a a police van outside the Derby training ground. Um, Sort of went under the radar, didn't it? No one picked um, it up until the evening. Until the evening, a couple of the nationals caught on. Uh, At that point... I think um, we, had, we had this conversation on our Facebook Live, didn't we, mm. the other day, that I was um, didn't really sort of take it too seriously. You know, it could have been no. anyone outside there. Yeah. It was a bit of a, an assumption the, to the, jump the, to it. The police were using the hashtag, weren't they? We thought it might yeah. have been some sort of overzealous exactly. Derby fan copper yeah. that might have sort of <laughs> just gone a bit over, overboard with it. And we did, there was obviously nothing beyond that picture and, and one tweet. There was nothing. There was no substance connecting Leeds with it. So mm. I think we sort of said it as in the sort of we put it in the box to follow up. Didn't yeah, we? yeah. But we'll we were particularly. On. We weren't sort of putting any any value in it, were we? No, but then um, all hell broke all hell broke loose on a Friday lunchtime, didn't it? Yeah, so um, the nationals followed it up, and then, then yeah. it moved very quickly. A uh, Friday lunchtime, didn't it? It did, yeah. It caught um, caught a few people off guard, didn't it? I think. Um, but Derby released a statement, and they in that they said that it was a Leeds United staff member on there. Oh, so my um, reaction. I mean, so it all kicked off. <laughs> If anyone can remember where they were when they first read that statement, I mean, it was absolutely staggering. Mm. For a, and, and then in this day and age, football clubs knowing the fury it would it would cause, they they don't put things like that out lightly. Oh, exactly. They had a Strong lot of confidence in that and, and a real belief that, that they were telling the truth. And, and in that in that case, we obviously then had to mobilise very very quickly on Friday yeah. afternoon and realise that this was a story. And yeah, um, Leeds kind of remained very very quiet didn't they and then there was there was a huge void between the derby statement and the match yeah and we were sort of trying to sort of put sort of join the dots as it were weren't we yeah that's right um we ended up going to Ellen road quite early didn't we we, we got to Ellen road sort of half past four or five o'clock yes on, um, that's right yeah three hours before kickoff on friday you know at least we forget this was a huge game coming up as well yeah. <laughs> sky, <laughs> sky must have been we said, we said it a few times didn't we yeah. sky must have been licking the, their lips absolutely the yeah <laughs> So um, we went there, we had a bit of a dig at Ellen Road, um, spoke to a couple of people. Um, it still didn't seem... They were still talking it down, weren't they? Still, they still very much spoken down. Um, and there was quite a lot going on as well. We went to the Albert Johansson. Yes, um, Johansson, Black and Black, Black, that, shouldn't, that shouldn't be forgotten. Um, which you can read about that on the site. But, um, but then all hell broke loose again, part two, when uh, Marcelo Bielsa spoke to Sky. That was it, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah. we were at the ground, knocking around, doing our sort of pre-match bits and bobs, you know, trying to keep abreast of things and... 
then of course Sky get their contractual pre-match interviews mm. and it just I mean uh, it, it, it was like the proverbial grenade wasn't yeah. it he just <laughs> just chucked it into, the, the, into, into the whole um, <laughs> into the whole situation and then he just came straight out and said you know it was me I'm mm. responsible the club is not responsible yeah. nobody else knew about this apart from me I've sent this guy down there we're all just you can't be couldn't type fast enough. I mean, yeah. it was extraordinary stuff. The interview, exactly. This is all half an hour before kick off as well. Really matter of fact, wasn't it? Yeah, he just he, he left no doubt, did he, as to oh, yeah, as to this. where the blame um, was to lie. I'm, I'm not. I don't know why you lot are all so surprised. I mean, where, uh, yeah. where I'm from, this is this is, this this is, is what is we how, do. This is how we roll. And <laughs> there had been inkling, hadn't there, early in the day with Pochettino, who of course is a, is a well-known Bielsa acolyte. That's right. I mean, Bielsa was arguably the reason why Pochettino is in football at all. Mm. Um, everybody's heard the stories, um, and he had kind of said, you know, Pochettino knew obviously it wasn't really the dumb thing here, but he said, you know, in Argentina it is the dumb thing. And you know, Marcelo and mm. his um, his peers have been doing this for decades. Yeah. It, it's just what we do, you know, in Spain as well. So at that stage, there was that inkling that maybe this was a cultural thing, and 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 it came to pass, didn't it? And then of course, yeah. Frank Lampard then comes out and. Um, <laughs> It yeah. just adds to the mix, doesn't he? Yeah, he looked very unhappy on his interview. Um, and and he, he said he wasn't having it if it was a cultural no, thing. Not having it at all. Uh, not having it at all. You know, there was no no two ways about it. He thought this was cheating. Mm. He thought this was going against the rules. Mm. Um, and yeah, and we've, we've, this is all still half an hour before the game's about to kick off, which was... Uh, Incredible, really. Like the, the scenes in the press box at Ellen Road, everyone's just um, that, I mean, jaws that, hit the floor, didn't they? That sort of last half hour before kickoff, you're sort of just getting yourself ready for the game and trying yeah. to get everything in order because it's obviously a very frantic period for us in the press box. And in the meanwhile, you've got all these amazing news lines coming yeah. out from the two coaches, you know, moments before kickoff, and um, that really set the tone. And, and, and I think we noticed it in Ellen Road, didn't we, Joe? I mean, mm. it felt like it. I mean, Ellen Road is, is normally a very, very um, energetic place before kickoff, to use a, a basic adjective, but. In this particular instance, it was a big game as it was, oh, but yeah. everybody knew, uh, knew. I mean, obviously, with social media now, news spread like wildfire as to what, what Bielsa and Lampard had said pre match. And Everyone how they were opposed to each other, probably butting heads over yeah. it. Lampard wasn't accepting any kind of apology, he was seething. And, Not um, that Bielsa was necessarily apologising either, though. That's, no, well, that's Bielsa said he wasn't apologising. Yeah. No, no, to make that clear, Bielsa mm. wasn't apologising, but, but, um, but Lampard, I suppose, wasn't drawing a line under it. You know, he wasn't saying. Agree to disagree. You know, he, he was saying, yeah. you know, "This is absolutely bang out of order." Yeah. Um, so then kickoff comes, and you know the atmosphere was was phenomenal. It was. There was a, an awkward handshake from what we've seen on the pictures. Very brief. It was. Yeah. I was, heads, heads did not. I was making a point of watching quickly. that when, when they came out, and it was. Um, yeah. <laughs> Lampard was almost half turning around. As it was. He did it. it didn't really barely, barely broke stride as well. It was. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was one to watch. Um, and the, the atmosphere was great. It was it's Friday oh, night, obviously. It was amazing. Um, sky cameras in town. I um, I didn't do the Blackburn game on Boxing Day, but um, but Joe and everybody had said you yeah. know how noisy it was, and I, I said yeah. to Joe, you know, is this getting close to it?" And I think you said it, yeah. was, it was. It was in the ballpark. Oh, it, it was up there. Yeah, completely. it was so loud on Friday. And just um, out out the blocks, Leeds United just oh. came out the block straight away. Oh, and tell them what happened. Huge the first penalty minute. shout within <laughs> within less than sixty seconds we on the clock. Couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. And. Uh, Ended up being flagged for uh, for offside on Alioski. I don't know oh. if the linesman just assumed Alioski would be offside, but we've we've seen it back and he wasn't. Oh, he's onside. Yeah, he should, he should have stood. I mean, it, you just we looked at each other you know, in that brief <laughs> moment before you and sort of furious time. We thought, oh wow, <laughs> yeah, what has happened here? This and just the noise of all going around. Things that could have annoyed Derby to then concede a penalty in yeah. the 40th second. I mean, it it was remarkable stuff. It wasn't given, and and in the end, it sort of gave us a little bit of a respite for, for at least five minutes but Leeds were at, at them weren't they Leeds we haven't, we haven't seen Leeds come out the blocks like that for a while mm. the, it, 
truly, you know, it's, it's still cliche, them. but it gal- completely galvanised them. Yeah, they all were the fans. Um, all the fans, all singing from the same hymn sheet. Mm. Leeds fans love it when everyone hates them. Oh, yeah. it's, it's part of the DNA of supporting Leeds Siege United. Mentality. Siege mentality. And it, it completely went through all the players. Um, so many of them put in their best shift for, for weeks, I thought. Yeah. If like Adam Forshaw, one who's been, you know, um, criticised recently, mm. he was brilliant. Um, all the players who were coming back from, from being rested at QPR. They, oh. they looked as fresh as they did yeah. at the start of the season. That rest was the best thing they've had. Yeah, exactly. Really um, but I think if you had to, if you have to talk about one player from that game, I think it's Jack Clark, isn't it? Yeah, it has to be. He was absolutely sensational. Yeah. First league start. This is obviously he started last week against QPR, but this was his first start in the Championship after I think it was eleven sub appearances. Mm. Um, that many coming up to that, yeah, it's flown by, isn't it? It has, yeah. I still remember when he first came against Brentford. The Brentford, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he. This, I've seen it called his coming of age performance obviously in front of the in front of the country in, in front of the sky cameras was, um, and he was superb wasn't he yeah I was doing a piece yesterday on um, on what Dean Ashton had said about him on Quest and, and as I was writing it did kind of it all tallied up didn't it you know Jack Clark is somebody that, that even people have known about before we knew about him you know he's come through mm. the ranks at Leeds United everyone inside the club has seen his his, um, his talent his ability and, and over the years he's come through the various age groups and more and more people have become aware of him obviously yeah. scouts are always watching as they do most young players just out of due diligence and and obviously you know you and I started watching him last season for the 23s caught the eye a little bit him and, him and Tom Pierce. Pierce got his chance and this season mm. again Clark He's, he's certainly capable of a quiet game in the 23s. I mean, for those people who don't watch the 23s, you know, we're, not, we're not trying to say he, you know, he's a nine out of ten every single yeah, match. He hasn't yeah. been blowing everyone away, but you know, when he's on it, he's he, he is, is superb. He's mm. brilliant, and, and at that level, you kind of say to yourself, "There's always the caveat: mm. it's 23s football. Let's see how he does in the men's game." Yeah. And again, he came in had a few fleeting sub appearances, and he just he just kicked on and on and on, and it snowballed, and and then it just it all came together, didn't it? Yeah. Friday night, live on national television, no Premier League games on. The football world, it felt like watching, including the likes of Gary Lineker, of course, especially because of the spying incident. Mm. And you've got all these reasons to, for why there was more and more people watching this one game. Mm. And then there he is; it's his platform, and he just absolutely he run, just runs the game. I mean, the opportunity, it, it all came together. And there's that, there's that one moment where, in years to come, people may ask us, you know, <laughs> you guys were covering Leeds at that time. Yeah. How did the Jack Clark story start? And you yeah. will, that will be the night. This, you know, this home night Derby County on. on national telly. And I think that that is the, where it all started, really. Absolutely, and he, he's, he's just fearless, isn't he? When, yeah. when you when you watch him, he all he wants to do is, is run at defenders, mm. um, is run at fullbacks, isn't it? And if he doesn't beat them the first time, so refreshing. He'll, he'll just think, right, I'm going to beat him next time. Yeah, so and refreshing. <laughs> they, and more often than not, he is beating them, and yeah. um, it's the pace, the directness, uh, it's a joy to watch. Um, the assist for the first goal, I mean, yeah, Roof obviously played a huge part in it with his incredible movement and again yeah. your roof we can't really praise him enough this season yeah I mean, absolutely if if what comes in May we all want to come in May roof will be up there as one of the key players won't he completely um, I'm sure he'll end up the season as a leading scorer um, but yeah his movement for that goal was superb oh. wasn't it he, he just sort of ghosted oh, in across this diagonal run in the box God, um, I had no idea I mean nobody expected anybody to get to the, the near post yeah. and then put it inside the Got, in, the, in the near corner it got me thinking um, we spoke to Tyler Roberts a couple of weeks ago um, mm. before the QPR game mm. um, and there's a few questions about what Bielsa works on specifically mm. in training sort of he's being a bit pressed about because they all come in when you speak to a player they say oh yeah he works really hard the training's really intense we tried to sort of drill down and he was talking about one of the things that Bielsa does in training <coughs> is working on movement like they've never yeah. worked before mm. and I uh, definitely heard a couple of other players I think Klitsch might have spoken about that but certainly yeah, the, the front players as well what Bielsa does he's getting them to think differently about this movement yeah. and obviously Roof's lapping it up isn't he because yeah. that, that sort of stuff 
you know, the, the Derby defence had no answer for mm, it, did they? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, so Clark was the architect for the first goal, and, and he played a big role in the second goal, didn't he? Yeah, um, absolutely. He, he coming in at the time, I said it was a shot off the crossbar, but you know, in in the way around the press box, I obviously didn't see it quite quite right, and it looks more like it was a bit more of a cross, and and it's basically caught Carson out a little bit. Carson's then sort of pushed yeah. it away, mm. and Alioski's come in. Who again? Alioski, as I mentioned, good, yeah, he's, he's left back of the future. A few good re- uh, performances in recent weeks, Alioski, yeah. and yeah. He's, he's again one of these players who's played a lot of football this year. But so yeah, Alioski uh, picked it up and then he just rolled it across to Jack Harrison and, and it was a tap in. Yeah. You know, and, and Harrison, you know, we talked about this in the Facebook Live, we won't dwell on it too long, but, but Harrison again was somebody who, you know, obviously, a goal, any goal is good, but again, didn't quite sort of set yeah. the world alight in, yeah. in a team performance. Everybody pulled their weight and he was certainly better than he, than he has been, but you'd still would say, you know, if you had to pick out. Mm. What, what was the phrase I used? The least best is, yeah. the, is, the, is the poor English I used on Friday night. You'd say it with Harrison, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. He's still um, still yet to really sort of catch fire, has he? This overshadowed by by eighteen year old Jack Clark. Yeah, that, that says it all. That's, that's true, isn't it? And um, obviously, once that second goal went in, uh, there was no Derby way this were, side were, were, were going to um, lose this game. Drama and um, news aside, yeah, um, Derby just they weren't up to it, were they? Yeah, I think they were missing Harry Wilson, weren't they? Yeah. I think uh, he, he was a big miss. But um, and I think what you, what you can say again, coming back to the spying, let's think spies of spies or whatever. The, the better side won that, you know. Yeah, I don't. I think. I think. Yeah, I think everyone's the, the spying thing. I don't think it's made any real impact. I think you know, in the course of a football match, I don't think the players were thinking about that no, on of the pitch. Not. You know, they're, they're too well, busy other, thinking about other the than game. the frenzied atmosphere that it yeah, created. Of course, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, and of course. Mateusz Klitz, uh, <laughs> playful celebration. Exactly, that was fun. Yeah, a lot of that going on in the crowd. The binoculars. <laughs> so then, post match, post match, yeah, that was, that was good as well, sort wasn't of it? Dug back into um, <laughs> into the spying incident, didn't we? I mean, yeah. there was very little time dedicated to the match after the game. That's it. Yeah, there was a couple of uh, brief questions to kick off the press conference, but then uh, it was Adam Hope of the BBC was uh, he takes the lead often in these press conferences, mm. and he um, he mentioned brought up the spying, and Bielsa said, well it'll be a 10 minute explanation if you want me to talk about it and everyone in the room just, just yes. nodded yes we definitely want to hear yes, that please. Uh, it was 12 minutes I was counting <laughs> <laughs> and he just went I mean you, you can read the full transcripts he, he, went, he went full Bielsa on it and mm. explained all his reasons for doing yeah. it again he didn't apologise got some Bilbao anecdotes in there Bilbao anecdotes yeah about his 280 <laughs> training sessions he was counting <laughs> about his time with Chile and Argentina um, I suppose a, a summary of, of the main points were that again he, he explained that yes he did do it he was responsible mm. um, uh, he said that it's something that he's always done um, he didn't specify whether he'd done it a lot this season but you know we are assuming that, that he's done something like this you would think very unlikely to be a one-off wouldn't it if yeah. he's done it his whole career done it for, for years and years um, again there was no apology he didn't apologise for it he says that he can't um, apologise for the, the moral scale or something of, of, of our country you know he says that yeah. he, he understands that it's mm. a problem here, um, but it's something that, that doesn't cause the same indignation um, where where he's from and in Spain. Mm. Um, and anyway, we made it clear that obviously Lampard wasn't accepting of any kind of explanation, not an apology, but an explanation. And he was asked, you know, and there was obviously a lot of national journalists there, and, and of course, you know, they want the story, they want to get you know a definitive comment. You know, we want to draw a line under the risk. Are you going to do it again? And, and he mm. refused to answer the question. And whether that was, I mean, he said that it would have been childish to say that. Yeah, he doesn't want to be seen as uh, oh, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. He thinks that's a childish way yeah, to, he to respond want to, to he it. Doesn't want, um, yeah, he doesn't want. Yeah, it's almost like he doesn't want to kind of acknowledge or 
make out what he's done as being something that a yeah. child would do, or he doesn't want to sort of be ad- not admonished by everyone. He wants. To... I mean, the context of what he said, I think, lends itself to him saying he won't be doing it again going forward. The context, yes. But yeah, he he's refused to. He was asked. It was almost like he was saying, "Look, do you really think I'd do it again when you've reacted like this?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, I'd rather have a nice, quiet life. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're not going to get one as Leeds United manager. Um, And then Lampard, we spoke to as well. Uh, More of the same from him. He looked pretty downbeat, didn't he? I think certainly, certainly a little bit calmer. I think now that now that they lost the match, and I think whether it was just bluster or not, you know, he was saying, Mm. "No, I'd I'd rather talk." rather talk about the game but I mean I'm more angry with I think was the phrase he used I'm more angry with how how badly we played really rather than the spying stuff he was he was was quite good though he did did answer questions on on the spying incident you know he wasn't sort of it wasn't like he'd been briefed by the press office say look let's move on now no more questions we said all we need to say in the Sky interview but he answered questions in full and no, I think he. I think he was genuinely sort of quite hurt by it, or quite sort of he felt a little bit let down by by Bielsa, who, who of course he traded such positive praise yeah. with earlier in the season. I mean, he, he said he has Bielsa's book in his front room at home. Yeah, didn't he? I asked him, you know, do, do you actually think less of Bielsa now? I mean, how, how do you perceive yeah. this this deity in, in world football terms? And he says that you know he listed his reasons. He said, you know, I think yeah, I do. I do think less of him. I think he doesn't want to take away from his achievements, and, and clearly he's doing brilliantly this season, as we all know. Um, but he, he did say as if he'd felt a little bit hurt by it almost yeah. it, was, it was quite emotional wasn't yeah, it because it was, yeah. obviously he's somebody who who perceives sport as a level playing field yeah he spoke uh, about that but, but quite interestingly in the, in the, since then obviously all the anecdotes about Chelsea and Mourinho and Mourinho yeah, have come out and exactly. then you do start thinking um, maybe maybe Lampard is sort of well, acting a little bit um, football is naive was, about this yeah it is one of the most the hypocrisy in football will mm. never go away this and, is the flip side think, isn't it after, I think after all the backlash yeah Many people in football have said, you know, have a word with yourselves. Yeah, do you really think yeah. the first manager to do this? Because that's, that's, that's the other thing to look at is the media storm that's created. Leeds mm. have been, um, I mean, we in the office, we listen to, to Radio 6 music on mm. BBC. They're talking about Leeds United on there, the you know, Radio which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and obviously every every pundit was asked about it. They get on, you know, mm. on Sky, on BT. Yeah. Um, newspaper, th- columns. newspaper columns. Newspaper um, columns. On Twitter, you know, Stan Collymore went on a rant at four four thirty a.m. I think he wins my award for the for the worst take on it when he said the game should be replayed. Oh come That's on, just just harsh on Derby. Followed that. by Jermaine Genus. <laughs> Jermaine Genus and his points deduction, oh, which he, on, he did did row back. I mean, I don't think we'll be seeing a points deduction. I think I'd he was he probably quickly told. I think I, once he kind of said that on um, on five live. So on five, it was Friday night, wasn't it? It was five mm. live pre-match on Friday night. Yeah. I think he clearly had a bit of time to think and maybe seen what the rest of the world was saying. Yeah. Thought, oh, I've, got yeah. a bit, I've got a bit big here, and he, and he pulled it back for his mail on Sunday column. Yeah, and but it's been crazy. The whole the whole footballing world, or certainly in this country, mm. have been talking about Leeds United. Um, and it's yeah, I'd say it's kept us busy. Um, even Paul Gascoigne, <laughs> we chipped in Paul on Twitter. Gascoigne, yeah, yeah. I mean, on Saturday, you and I kept sort of trading messages. Like, God, guess yeah. who's talking about? Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah, and obviously, uh, Moose again was was weighing in with his with his dribble. Moose, Moose did what you'd expect Moose to do. Um, it was xenophobic, wasn't it? In the it end? was. It wasn't yeah, really. I mean, just just don't want to give it too much time. Tracking really, all the English but, stuff. I mean, I think he'd been given yeah. a few decent counter arguments, and then he just went back to yeah, well, he can't speak English. Can't he was, he was blows can't speak English. With, who was it? Uh, Darren Byfield, wasn't it? Byfield, that's it. On, yeah. on Twitter, and <laughs> of all of all the sort of random sort of yeah, early noughties footballers, yeah, it was exactly. Darren Byfield, <laughs> and he was he was making sense what he was saying. Yeah, he but, was. Um, he was. But yeah, I think I think it's going to start to die down now, isn't it? Well, uh, the only loose we'll, end is the FA, isn't it? That's yeah, the only loose end now. That's right. Yes, yeah. so that FA will be the ultimate the judgment that, that may well bring an end to yeah, this. Yeah, um, I mean, I could see a fine coming. Um, 
I think I think I, I think, think beyond so. beyond all the bluster and the you know uh, whiter than white etiquette about uh, you know about this, I think beyond all that, there is a, a fairly clear point that Lampard made, and a few people supported that you know the FA can't ignore this because it does then set a precedent and it becomes yeah. farcical if yeah. FA is seen to know about something like this mm. and then not to even make maybe even make a statement you know or just just yeah. say you know this this is not acceptable you know we, mm. we have made it clear to Leeds this is not right and but they have to say something don't they or do yeah. something to kind of be seen to discourage oh, really? this otherwise they're just seen as toothless aren't they yeah and, otherwise it's, it's mm. open season for, for every other head coach yeah yeah and you've got cars parked upon on a row, sort of <laughs> exactly. trying to peer over yeah, fences because yeah. the FA said it's okay. Binocular sales going through the roof, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yes, um, I mean, I imagine it'll probably it'll be everyone's press conferences later this week. It'll probably come up again. Nathan Jones, the Stoke boss, the leads are obviously off to Stoke Stick with this it, week. Everyone. Stick with it. He said a few things. Um, I'm sure he'll get asked about it again on on Thursday or whenever mm. he speaks about it. But, uh, but yeah, I think um, we'll we'll try and uh, not draw a line under it, but sort of uh, start. Dying this one down now. Yeah, I um, think so. But yeah, it's uh, well, it's, it's just another crazy chapter in what's remarkable story. It's been a crazy season for Leeds, isn't it? At this side of the story, you, know, you look back and you sort of feel a bit wearisome about it. But at the time, you can't forget that on Friday that was a huge story, and, oh, and, and our reaction to that Derby statement mm. is is a natural measure of, of how big a story that yeah, was. Yeah, people talk about it. Obviously, you know. We work exclusively, you know, on, online, and you know, we can see, you know, oh, the re- the people wanting to read in about real it. time. We can there see how interested people are, it. and, they, and people appetite. are very interested in it. So, mm. um, so yeah, like it or not, it's a big story. But mm. um, yeah, we'll uh, moving on. Um, a couple of um, a couple of really sad things as well this weekend. Mm. Um, Filmer singer, we learn on Saturday morning, uh, the Leeds United strike in the nineties. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Do yeah. apologise. Yeah. Um, Learned that he passed away, mm. um, which was uh, certainly knocked a lot of people off six. There, he was probably sort of most well known for arriving at Leeds with Lucas Radaby um, back in the day, back in '94, I think it was. Um, and yeah, he's he's passed away at a, a terrible young age. Um, mm. uh, yeah, and that was uh, that's certainly something that's um, hit a lot of Leeds fans. I think there, um, you looked at it a bit, didn't you? I think. Obviously, um, you probably didn't know as much about Singer. No, no. Um, it, obviously, before my time, you know, I, I don't profess to be somebody that's yeah, followed, yeah. followed Leeds in the mid nineties. But, but you've, um, you've seen the reaction. Uh, he's, and he's not a name that's come mm. up. But I've seen a lot of the reaction and some really wonderful anecdotes and tributes about him, and real, really heartwarming stuff. And he does sound like a like a wonderful, a wonderful bloke. And the, the bit that was that was that I found most um, most amusing and sort of quite um, quite poetic was that was that he was the guy the South African that, that yeah. Howard Wilkinson wanted you know exactly. and, and Lucas Radabe who obviously has gone on to become an icon at Ellen Road what was the make weight and what yeah. was, was designed to come here just to keep Masinga's um, spirits up and keep him keep him company in this because yeah. obviously this back in the in the mid nineties you know you didn't sign players from South Africa no you know signing a player from Orlando Pirates or Kaiser <laughs> Chiefs is, was just uh, you know, it's it's probably hard for a, a young fan to appreciate these days. Yeah, yeah. Just sort of how it's such a global was. game now. Yeah, yeah. Um, the amount of football that, that was on telly those days as well. It's, mm. uh, it's such a different landscape. So, um, and the support network at the club, obviously, you know, now when a player signs, you know, they'll have player liaison people who oh, can yeah. just walk them through every every step of moving to a new country. Absolutely. And, yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, Phil and when Phil and Lucas arrived, yeah, it wasn't wasn't like that. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's really sad for that one. And then. Um, Later on Sunday, also we heard um, Toby Nye, obviously the, the the really brave young young Leeds United fan whose whose story certainly captured the hearts of everyone around Leeds over the last um, year or so. 
he sadly passed away as well. Um, lost his battle with uh, mm. with cancer just um, just after his sixth birthday. Um, obviously, absolutely devastating. Um, it's not a lot you can say really. Um, certainly, we're we're both uh, we've got young families and mm. it's, it hits you really hard. There, um, we've seen the reaction from the players, um, Radrazani. So from the top down, everyone's yeah. been uh, tweeting on social media, paying their respects. Um, and yeah, just just uh, just a, a tragic affair, really. Incredibly That's, sad. Yeah. How much a little a little person can go through? I mean, it's it's it's, it's mm. you know, it really does make your heart bleed when you see uh, the struggles that he's been through. But um, you know, Leeds have obviously been there for him as much as they could be, yeah. and, he, and he's they've, they've tried to give him as many life experiences as, as they could. And you can see in the, the reaction of the players that I really I mean, Pontus is always good for some yeah. some spiriting yeah. words. And he said, "We're, we're going to go and win promotion for you now, Toby." Yeah. So just little things like that, you know. It, 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 I suppose it's nicer for the family to have that than not have it. Exactly. Uh, you know, obviously, it's, it's going to be very, very tough time for them, and yeah. um, it's going to take a long time to get over if ever. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm sure we'll. Uh, I'm sure the club will be doing much more for young Toby in the. Uh, yeah, we'll expect they'll, the, they'll probably the mark days that and weeks. They? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's a shame to have to report on that. Um, moving on though, um, we're still in thick transfer season. Uh, we're nearly, <laughs> Halfway through the window, halfway through, fourteenth today. So it is flying by. No incomings yet at Leeds United, but by all accounts, certainly judging by um, uh, the the way the window's moving and things are speeding up, we might see uh, a new goalkeeper fairly soon. Mm. Um, Kika Casilla from Real Madrid is the name that's been um, banded around. Um, Quite a few reports. This uh, started on Friday, didn't they? Mm. Friday afternoon. Perhaps got a bit lost amongst um, Spygate and all that. this is obviously the Real Madrid uh, backup keeper, third choice, yeah. um, when all said and done, when everyone's fit there. Um, interestingly, he was on the bench for Real Madrid last night. Um, he was, yeah. They were in Real evening, Betis, yeah. The squad, yeah. Um, I think um, Courtois, he's injured at the moment. Got a very short-term injury. So, yeah. very short-term injury. Um, so, he's, he's the third choice Real Madrid stopper. <coughs> um, the report suggests that he's going to come on a free transfer with Leeds looking to sort out his wages. Obviously, he's on Real Madrid wages, mm. so that they'll be reasonably high. Mm. Um and if, as expected, I think um, you've been chasing this one up, haven't you, Baron? Yeah. Um, Spoke to people quite close to um, to Cassia on on Sunday, and they said that um, that yes, they're talking to Leeds. Mm. Um, they are in conversations with Victor Orta. They like the project with with Orta and Bielsa, and they fully expect Leeds to be in the Premier League next season. So they are coming along those people who are the naysayers and would say, you know, why would a Real Madrid goalkeeper third choice or not? He's a Real Madrid goalkeeper mm. at thirty two. Um, you know, within the last seven or eight years of his career, why would he want to come to England's second division? And it's very much because of Bielsa, Orta, and and the Premier League, which they fully expect to be in next season of club of Leeds' size. So, uh, no formal decision has been made yet. Um, as of you know Sunday afternoon, um, they're in conversations with Leeds. There are a few options for Casilla, as you would you know, expect. You know, Leeds aren't Certainly. the only club in Europe looking for a goalkeeper of, of that mm. caliber. So, um, they are looking at a time frame of Monday or Tuesday. For some kind of decision to be made before then, of course, Cassia hops across the pond and um, and comes into Leeds for his medical, etc. So whilst he was in the in the Real Madrid squad last night, you know, let's not forget it's quite not going to be too difficult for him to get over from Spain fairly yeah. swiftly when needed. Yeah. So keep an eye on that one. It certainly does look like it's a goer. Um, the Mail, I think, ran a story on Emiliano Martinez, who is a another third choice goalkeeper, but yeah, Arsenal. Arsenal. And they have said, um, from a very good source, Adam Crafton wrote that piece. And Adam Crafton is, is fairly well regarded. You know, he's got some good contacts in the game. And um, 
he has said that even if Cassia comes, Martez may come as well. So mm. I found that, that that aspect of it a little bit more difficult to believe. But I suppose was, I think he was linked last January. Yeah, uh, so Martinez as well. He yeah. may well be the back of yeah. it. I mean, like I say, if Cassia hasn't actually, you know, the eyes aren't mm. dotted and the T's aren't crossed, Martinez may well be an option. And you know, who can doubt? I mean, I'm sure. I, th- I think we all underestimate how much Bielsa knows about football and sort of yeah. how many players he actually knows. I mean, whilst he's not yeah. a, he's not a recruiter, he's, he doesn't get involved in transfers. But of course, Auto will present lists of players to Bielsa, and Bielsa then picks the ones that he wants. And I mm. think whilst many of us may be surprised with his choices, um, we have to trust him that he knows a lot about these goalkeepers. But um, Casilla has certainly captured imagination. And, and yeah. as a Leeds fan, Joe, I mean, what, what did you make of that one when you when you actually? think about what it means in the grand scheme of things and the, the context of that move yeah it's quite, it's quite a big one signing Real Madrid goalkeepers isn't <laughs> you know sort of the norm but you know this is Bielsa's leads we're, we're not living yeah. in the norm um, uh, we've spoken before about whether you know in terms of getting another goalkeeper in do you go for the just just re- replace Bailey mm. do you go for a young keeper to push him on do you go for like a, an aging sort of mentor figure? Feels like the former, doesn't it? I think this is he's going to be expected be to, to come two. in. Yeah, um, thirty-two years old as an ECSO. so he's not. Coming he's in, in that sort of sweet spot of a, of a goalkeeper age. So yeah, it's exciting, um, though, isn't it? I mean, it is exciting, he's, yeah. he's, he's a Spanish goalkeeper who has had a whole career of playing out from the back. He's yeah. experienced. I think um, Balaguer described him as a, as a modern goalkeeper. Yeah, just it feels. Um, like, I mean, imagine having a yeah. goalkeeper who is as in tune with it would be Elsa's ways as, as, as a goalkeeper could be. Because that's what they need to be. Very exciting. As as the only the only worry about you know re- replacing Bailey, who's played the whole season in goal, mm. is, is that this new goalkeeper, whoever he may be, can come in, sort of get plugged yeah, into the system straight yeah, away. Disrupt the defense, um, yeah. You know, uh, seen Bailey's last couple of performances have been good. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because we spoke a while ago, didn't we, about does Bailey need this sort of kick up the backside every mm. so often? You know, his, his comments um, when Heckenbottom put him in the side, he said he had a sit down with him, mm. um, you know, after his, his, his spell at York and so he's put him in there. His um, you know, his, his, you know, his performance levels dipped. Now we've seen that the January transfer window is open. There's another goalkeeper in the way. Mm. He's, he looks like he's playing better again. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, I think very much if, if Casilla um, does come in, I think he's, he's going to be. You know, if not in goal for Stoke, if it happens this week, I think he'll uh, he'll certainly be there. Um, also had some quotes from Angus Kinnear, haven't we? Um, yeah. Again, this was in the program notes on, Lost um, on Friday, but that was yeah. We we did want to bring them to you, but there was uh, there's just too much to do. Then um, he says that uh, they've um, rebuffed any approaches from uh, some other clubs for some of Leeds' yeah. players. No names, obviously. No. Um, yeah. What's his quote here? Uh, while we work hard to bring in additional talent to strengthen the squad in the January transfer window, we have also quickly and firmly rebuffed any approaches from other clubs for members of our highly sought-after squad. So, I mean, pure speculation, but you, you'd, you'd have thought some of the performances, you know, Pontus Janssen, for instance, yeah, Kamar I mean, Roof, you, you they're not going unnoticed, are they? Yeah, I looked at the contract expiry dates, and I suppose that may shed some light. Because obviously, you know, whilst... I'm sure there are all, there are plans for all of them to sign new deals whilst they're playing so well. Of course, other clubs are going to be looking at and thinking, mm. look, you know, if for example Kamar Roof, whose contract expires in 18 months' time, if he starts sort of grumbling, mm. maybe putting in high demands and these want to pay, then then suddenly you're looking at what's this? You got this window, the summer, and then next January before yeah. you don't get anything for him. So, I suppose there may well be some clubs sort of chancing their arm. That's it. I'm a f- and on the Leeds point of view, when it comes to contracts, I suppose they're in that tough spot of yeah. not really knowing what division they're going to be in yeah. next season um, we've been told that February is going to be quite a key month where they yeah. maybe do start 
sort of counting their counting yeah. their, their chickens and actually saying, look, you know, this looks like where we're going. Yeah, this is what we're going to offer you. Because it's going to be a very different contract, isn't it? The Premier League contract yeah. versus the Championship contract. I do contract. wonder how that works. You know, I do wonder whether they sort of they do commit hard and fast to a inverted commas Premier League contract, and yeah. then if it does all does all blow up in their face. Are they then? Are they then stuck with? Is, is, or is there maybe a subclause where they say, "Look, this is what happens if if we don't promote." But then, if that was the case, and they'd have done it last month, they could have. Yeah, they could have known this is coming. So yeah. I, I, would, I would assume it is. Yeah, we'll offer you a Premier League contract and just yeah. really just cross, cross everything. Figures. But we, yeah, we do yeah. get that money. <laughs> if you get hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, um, so I imagine there's going to be plenty more transfer talk this week. As you said, um, just over two weeks left. Yeah, Dan um, James was oh another yeah, name Dan James, yeah, mentioned talk about. Um, in the Sun on Sunday. Yeah. Alan Nixon, again, another sort of well-regarded journalist. He's suggesting Dan James and Jefferson Montero, yeah. two pacey wingers at Swansea City, uh, are interesting leads. Tick the boxes, I think, don't they? Yeah, a loan for Montero, and it would be a £2.5 million offer for James, of course. It is paper talk, um, nothing official on this at all. But from what we understand, you know, Dan James does seem to fit that mould. Not the first time he's been mentioned, um, and we all know how much Bielsa likes a young winger. Yeah. Um, you do also think, you know, have we already got that winger in Jack Clark? But I'm <laughs> sure Bielsa is, is 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 considering any new winger alongside Jack Clark and his plans. Well, they they're a man down in the squad, aren't they? Now that uh, Pablo Hernandez is playing in the middle, the fact Baker's gone as well does make me sort of yeah. think they, yeah yeah there is more of an urgency to things. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I imagine there'll be plenty more names coming out. Maybe you mentioned Luis Baker. He's gone since the last podcast. He has, hasn't he? I mean, um, <laughs> it didn't create the biggest. Uh, no, I mean that was that was biggest I mean, that, wave, that did was, it? That was the press conference before Derby, and that was um, yeah. That's been quickly forgotten now. But yeah, Lewis Baker's gone to Reading. It is, yeah. Paulie um, O'Connor's gone to Bradford City. Yeah, he's he's called time on Blackpool early there, which you couldn't really blame a player for leaving Blackpool. No, but Bradford's obviously close to Leeds. You know, I'm sure yeah. he still lives in Leeds. So. And it's interesting, isn't that, though? Because he was getting a bit of a run of games playing for Blackpool. Um, I think are Blackpool yeah. higher than Bradford in the league? Bradford have had a bad season. They could be, but I mean, well, they're two crisis clubs, really, aren't they? Yeah. Like, the way Bradford's season's gone. Blackpool's a complete Blackpool basket Blackpool are never, never far away from uh, from absolute full-on crisis <laughs> under the Oysters. But, yeah, um, yeah, one to keep an eye on. Um, Paddy O'Connor, looks like he's uh, he's doing all right. Um, so coming up, um, we won't dwell on it too much, so it's going to be out of date very quickly, but Baron, you're going to uh, shoot off after this and go to the under-23s, aren't you? imminently heading to the under-23s, yeah. So that's yeah. the Thorpe Arch crew, Alexandra. Yeah, um, I'm wondering who he's going to play. I'm trying to think, you know, because well, obviously Keeler, it's Cooper the played players. last week. So Cooper won't play, he's back no, in the Cooper's first team now. Play, the, uh, ones, the ones we're going to look at... Well, Dallas seems the obvious one, because he, no, yeah, right, he did yeah. say that Dallas was back in training, so I think yeah. he's... he's going to be the one first teamer that we do hopefully see but the others I mean none of them were in the squad on Friday so you no. do wonder Bamford and Bamford Brown aren't ready Brown. they're not ready we'll, we'll see won't we I mean yeah. perhaps we'll see Bamford on the bench it's been, been a bit confusing this Bamford injury they, they played it down over yeah, Christmas and then, it, and then it's become more severe again and then it's um, they've, they've played it up since haven't they it's um, you know certainly something We'll be seeing Bielsa probably on Thursday this week, won't Roberts we? Roberts should play. I'd have thought, Because yeah. he didn't play on Friday, didn't so he didn't Friday. get on Friday, so he should yeah. play. And then obviously all the other kids that, that you'd think should be there, Lee yeah. Davis, etc. Yeah. But there's nobody else I can think of seniority-wise that's... I mean, I don't, we don't know what's going on Barardi. I think he must be too far off for a full-on game. For his Certainly his original prognosis, the 16 weeks We're still out, takes him Even by February, his standards, so, this, is, this would be rapid. Yeah, so, so I think I think Dallas may well be the big name that we, we hope we can see and just get some progress on. And on Brown and Bamford, hopefully, as well. But yeah, I'm really not, not sure about that. I yeah. think it's only three days since Friday, and I think yeah. if... Brown, maybe, because he hasn't been on the bench yet, but, but Bamford... 
Yeah. Oh, we'll anyway, there's, there's literally no point to talk about it because by the time you listen to this, we'll know yeah, exactly you'll be, you'll be calling us clueless. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, check out. Um, obviously, by the time you've listened to this, you'll be able to see. Uh, all Go our back and read that. the blog posthumously exactly. and, and see how entertaining it was. <laughs> see how wrong we were here. Yeah. <laughs> but I think um, almost time to call it a day. Obviously, we've got Stoke coming up. Saturday, uh, big game. Big game, is it? It's three o'clock kickoff. New manager. Uh, away. His first Jones. home game. Yeah, so again, it should be a big atmosphere, I'm sure. There'll be all kinds of spy jokes knocking around in the build-up, um, which we'll be thoroughly sick of by the end of the week. Um, but but a big game. They'll be hoping for that new manager bounce because they've got the players, Stoke, haven't they? They've, oh, they've yeah. been the season's ever. big disappointment, haven't they? Which Proper is why paper, Gary Rowett yeah. lost his job. Um, and, and I think as we as we round things off, I mean, we can just say that in the grand scheme of things, that win at Derby was important. Oh, huge. Four points yeah. clear at the top now. Sheffield United now second in the table, yeah. and you know it's another game ticked off, and another game with Leeds still in the lead. Yeah. Yeah. And every point matters, and it really just to stop any kind of hint of a rot. Um, and such a such mm. an emphatic one, and they played so well, and, and it does buzzing after that. And we're now back to sort of one game a week for the next few weeks at least, and it does just yeah. know that those players are going to get a bit more of a rest now, and they're hopefully going to remain recharged. And just yeah. got to pray we don't get any more serious injuries. That's it, yeah, and hopefully these players can come back sooner rather than later. A couple of signings in for January, and. Uh, you know, who knows? Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say <laughs> it. I, mean, I won't say it's the p word. Well. I won't say the p word. Um, okay. Well, on that massive bout of optimism, I think we'll uh, we'll call it a day on here. We'll um, obviously um, plenty to talk about this week going up. We'll have um, Spygate will rumble on. We've got the twenty threes today. We've got transfer window going on. We've got the build up to Stoke uh, and the match itself. So uh, keep an eye on leads-live.co.uk. Head over to our Facebook page as well. Uh, we'll be checking in with Facebook Lives when anything uh, interesting happens Probably there. Probably Thursday after the press conference, I would think. I'd have thought so, Next yeah. Time. If not before, if uh, if we do see any signings Unless or whatever. the FA chuck the book at Leeds. Exactly, yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll jump on if there's anything good to discuss. Um, and as well, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to uh, rate and review it on uh, Apple Podcasts or your podcast medium of choice, that would be much appreciated. But other than that, Baron, enjoy the under-23s. Yeah, thank you everybody for listening and uh, thanks for all the, the positive feedback we get. We do see um, there's, there's a few tweets knocking around here and there with some positive feedback. We do appreciate it. Absolutely, and on that as well, if you do have any um, you know, constructive uh, yeah, anything you want feedback, to change, anything you yeah. want to talk about, do let us know. Um, we are weighing up guests, aren't we? Exactly, that, we'll, that we'll get some the grand guests plan. in. Yeah, um, as well, we'll uh, maybe next week we'll answer, give a shout-out to some of your questions. So, uh, yeah, get in touch with anything there. But other than that, uh, we will talk to you soon. Cheers now.